The Numinous Podcast with Carmen Spaniola. Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where we have interesting conversation with everyday folks about the mystery of life. This podcast is brought to you by the Numinous School, an online intuition development course for people who want their self-awareness to serve a greater good. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola, and this week we're enjoying part three of my conversation with my dear friend, my elder, Michael Phillips. Now, when we last left Michael, he was at the foot of a guru in uh, Berkeley, California in the 60s. When I pick up the conversation with Michael now, he's left the guru and he and his wife, Lynn, have taken a job teaching at a Quaker school in a very rural area of British Columbia, Canada called Argenta. Here's part three of my conversation with my friend, Michael Phillips. So you spent two decades participating uh, and attending a meeting of the Religious Society of Friends, and it's not a proselytizing sort of organization generally, but what made you change your mind ultimately about becoming a a member? Because I, I imagine that there would have been some people at least who asked you like, Michael, why don't you become a member? And you had some response for them, I guess, over that time. And then at some point it changed. Tell me about that. I had um, the motivation for not becoming a member was that I had been a member of an organization, a belief organization, and uh, had been badly betrayed by it. The Communist Party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, it, and it tore me apart because I had... I was identified with it. Mm-hmm. I had identified myself with it. I was secure in being a communist, mm-hmm. a Marxist, Leninist, and uh, so somebody wanted me to become a member of a of a of a party again mm-hmm. to t- describe myself as a Quaker. Mm-hmm. Forget it. I was never going to give myself over to anything like that again. I was going to live out of what was in here. Not was what on paper or in the group or so on, and I heard, I heard people talking to one another, Quakers talking to one another. I mean, like somebody went off on a and came back from a something and something, right? And uh, was b- talking about people they met, right? The people they'd never known before, and they met, and my, they were wonderful people. Quakers are really wonderful people, you know. You just, you know, everywhere you go, they're just right with you, and they're. You know, and so on. Talk about it in some detail. It was exactly the way Rad, Reds talked about one another. Mm. They met one another in different places and, you know, went to different places and discovered, once again, progressives are really great. Progressives are the real people. <laughs> These are the salt of the earth. And so what happened no to change what was inside? Well, after all those years, what happened inside was that I got, I got to... I got satisfaction from meeting for worship. That's primary. That's primary. And I, we went to we we went to a half yearly meeting every every spring. Because the school did, the whole mm-hmm. school went there, and uh, uh, so we met other Quakers, and and they weren't all wonderful, you know. <laughs> um, but when we would do, and Lynn had just Lynn just took to it the organizational stuff and the teaching stuff. She's a teacher 
I was a terrible teacher. I had to I had to give myself over to other things, and, and I was I was of no use to the school as a teacher. But I did other things that were useful, so that was okay. And at half yearly meeting, the same way. I I didn't I didn't have to teach there. I don't know what what I wasn't. What I wasn't was a member. I was not a member. I was not going to be a member. I wasn't a Quaker, and I wasn't going to be a Quaker. But I love Quakerism. I mean, I really loved the meeting and all that stuff. So I did that, and uh, and that became a habit. That's really what it was. That became a habit. I wasn't about to give over my autonomy. And uh, one day um, at a half yearly meeting, one of our elder members, the members, a, a lovely old guy that I liked a lot, stood up and said, "You know, there are people in this meeting." And this who who are very active um, among friends they're very active in our meeting and they take on jobs and 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 they're very do reliable and dedicated uh, and uh, and that they don't join the meeting I don't understand why that is those I think those people ought to th stop and think about it you should stop and think that over and it's why aren't you a member of the of the society and so I did <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story so in a sense you were invited well I was invited you know you know long ago I was invited when Lynn joined they said why didn't why aren't you going to join the why aren't you offering your me for membership and I said uh, I said what I just told you mm -hmm. and uh and uh, and they said, well, we're, we're concerned about that because you can a family can get divided about that. And I said, you don't have to worry about that. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm for it. I'm with I'm with Lynn hundred percent on this, and I love the meeting and I love uh, the worshiping. What I don't like is identifying myself with an organization. Mm -hmm. But then, an so, individual. Then, so you you were invited by the community, yeah. but then an individual. Asked you to twenty five years later deeper. <laughs> yeah. think it over. Yeah, to think it over. Because I had thought it over in the past, and mm -hmm. yes, not gonna. I just can't do that. Right. So then I thought it over again after a long time of <laughs> right. not thinking about it. I see. And I said, Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't have to. I don't have to do that. I'm not going to give up my autonomy. Right. I'll join. I'm. I'm all ready for it. I mean, I'm here and doing it all. And I like all the people that I, and I feel the worship and all that stuff. Why would I? You know, what's what am I scared of? Mm -hmm. You know, there's no risk. There's no danger. And Do that was true. And that hadn't been true before. Right. So you were able to sort of rec reconcile that that independent spirit that you have with the the, the um, joining of, of a, with a community. Yeah. Do you think, though, that there was also, after so many years of mindfulness and, and sitting in worship on the divine, that maybe there was a measure of forgiveness around the betrayal that you had experienced? Yeah, there was. That's true. That's true. I, you know, I, I, I had worked that through. It was really hard. But uh, but I had worked that through. That's what that's what leaving. That's really what leaving Berkeley meant was uh, was finding finding the way to that. Mm 
mm. finding, finding the way to that. And uh, it, it really did work, yeah. What are your thoughts on spiritual belonging and fellowship in a community? Because you, you've talked a lot about belonging, belonging to the party, belonging to the Thursday night meetings with the Hindu uh, guru yeah. that you know it, it it has been a very strong theme for you while yeah. at the same time you're in counterpoint or tension with it yeah. as this very strong individualistic yeah. rationalist in many ways thinker yeah. so how what are your thoughts now how do you view spiritual belonging and community what are your thoughts on that for other people who also have because I totally share that, where I love the feeling of belonging in community, but I also am very, very resistant to uh, dogma and too much structure. I'm allergic to hierarchy. I, you know, I, I can't stand those things. And the word religion you know, gives me hives. And so to actually consider joining the community is a, is a challenge. It's, it's a big knot for me to untangle in my mind and in my heart. So what, what are, what are your words of wisdom, Michael? (laughs) Wear it as long as you can. Mm. You know, you know that story? No. Well, that's the, that's the Quaker thing. So the Quaker thing, it's a, um, um, uh, wear it Penn, as long Penn. as you can. Is William Penn mm-hmm. asked, uh, George Fox, mm-hmm. how long do you think I can, should go on wearing my sword? Cause he was an aristocrat and Quakers were not, well, don't wear weapons. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And also but he don't was an like aristocrat hierarchy. And he was, you know, he would be naked without his sword, you know, not that he ever used it on anything, but. Uh, so he asked him that question, and George Fox said, essentially, I don't know what all he said, but the, his, the phrase that is uh, attributed to him is, wear it as long as you can. And what does that mean? Well, figure it out. <laughs> wear it as long as you can. You, you know, that was what I, that's what I, where I came to. I came to the realization that there was no, I didn't need it. I didn't need it. I was I could be as much of a Quaker as I wanted. What hits me <clears throat> is that there's two different ways to hear wear it as long as you can. So there's hold on to it as long as you can is one way to interpret you know, hear that phrase, but the other one is wear it until you can't stand wearing it anymore. You know, and then you can't. I can't you know, I I, I so I think that there's this for me, there's this natural desire to want to ha- have both. Have your cake and eat it too. I want to have a simple life, but I also don't want to sacrifice pleasure and ease and all of those things. I want to have fairness, but I also, I don't want to be labeled as an activist or a rabble rouser or, you know, I want to uh, be politically aware, but I also don't, I don't want that to define me because I don't want to be a target. There's, there's always this desire to be both, but at some point you have to take off the sword because it just, it repels you at some point that that is just not what you're about. So part of that's just one of those things that you, you can, you don't want to do. You can't do, I can't do it. Can't carry the sword anymore. It's not an integrity with what is really in my heart. Yeah. Hmm. So, why is spiritual fellowship important to you? Why is it important for you to be in a community as opposed to on your own meditating, say? 
you said it was hard for you to do on your own, but with other people, is it just that it focuses you or is it something about the feeling of uh, sisterhood, brotherhood, or feeling of part of, you know, the, the human family? <laughs> All those things? None I, of those I things. guess so. I, I haven't... Uh, <clears throat> it's hard to name that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, worship, the meeting for worship, the silence, silence, sitting with a group of people who all have the same, um, a similar intention, uh, that is to be quiet and to listen um, for something. It's really hard to know, you know. People are very leery to talk about it. Uh, it's hard to know what anybody is doing during meeting. I mean, some some of us fall asleep, and some of us read books, and quite a few of us just have thoughts, you know. And I don't know what the thoughts are. I know what my thoughts are, and I know that the the uh, when that meeting for worship that results in my having something to tell the meeting is very rare. You mean where you stand up and give yeah. testimony? Giving, you have a leading giving ministry. Giving ministry. I, I, I believe in. I believe in and follow the rule. I believe in it because it's it's very desirable. The rule of not getting up and ministering unless you're driven to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's you know that that's that's important to me. And uh, so I, I really kind of hate giving ministry because having to be driven to it is not all altogether pleasant. Mm, yeah. Oh, God, do your knees shake like talk. mine? Yeah. yeah. I'm totally with you on that. But when I do actually feel a leading, I spend most of the time trying to tell myself, don't stand up, don't stand up, don't stand up. <laughs> I yeah I feel like we could talk about ministry for a whole other yeah, segment yeah. because I'm I also feel like we have a bit of a chatty meeting like if four people get up I'm a little bit irritated you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so then I spend a lot of the time doing my own inner work about judging or being impatient or whatever but you know I I I wrestle with the concept of discernment and discerning whether this is a leading or whether this is my ego or whether this is just a thought which is different from a leading and how do I discern that sometimes people get up and I feel like what they've said sounds very prepared or they're or it's churchy or you know whatever what's discernment to you what's the process you go to go through to recognize whether it's just a thought or it's a leading to get up and speak what do you notice as you are deciding whether you're going to stand up and open your mouth? <laughs> it's hard to tell a difference. Yeah, I, I don't I don't always know. Um, <clears throat> there are times when I feel like I've I've not lived up to my leading because I don't want to get up and talk and because I wasn't sure that this was something that anybody would want to hear me talk about. Um, you know, me, me, me. Uh, mostly what it is is uh, there's a kind of way, and there are moments that come that come very clear. 
Um, and they don't always come at meeting, and they don't always result, and when they do, they don't always result in, in ministry. But those are times when when you are just full, you're just full of meaning, of a meaning, meaning that you can put words to, or that you can you can put some kind of words to, that keep it, in, you keep it in, in hand. I had a preoccupation for a while. The actual functioning of human consciousness, when it is aware of the light, if you like, is aware of the light. Um, I see it as a passing stream, actually, but aware of the light, it, it becomes evident that peace and love and equality and simplicity equality and, and justice and so on, all those things are true, are real. And, and I think that, and then that made me think, well, how can that be? What The light produces this? Yes, the light produces this. It's like a lens. It's like a, it's like a prism. And the light is shining through the prism of human consciousness in color. Those are the colors of not understanding. Those are the colors of understanding. Like truth, justice, equality. Beauty. Beauty. Mm. You know, quite a lot of them, and they don't all come to mind because words don't come to mind anymore. But <laughs> that's, that's, that, and I said that out loud at that meeting. And I still, I still see it. I still see it as, I can still sense that down there, way down there, yeah. I can sense this light shining in those colors. And not that I see them as colors, but I but I see them as a as a as a diffraction. What do you consider perfect happiness right now at this time in your life? A little lift. Mm. Happens all the time. A little lift. That's that's what happiness is. Happiness is not some big thing that we can gather in and and hold to our breast. No, it's a little lift and it's available most of the time. Where do you get your little lifts in the day? Everywhere. Everywhere. Just, it's what probably sort of what you call mindfulness or something like that. Just walking in the sunshine, walking in the rain, being with somebody I care about. Lots of little lifts. Mm. Thank you so much for being with me here today, Michael. <laughs> Thank you so much for ooh, carrying me through. <laughs> I love that man. I also love a spiritual companion teacher whose wisdom is something as classic as wear it as long as you can. And also the other one the classic, figure it out. <laughs> I, I really, I'm going to really chew on that, wear it as long as you can uh, for a while. I've, that's just a wonderful uh, phrase, this idea that, hey, be who you are as long as you can. And then when you can't stand it anymore, when you, your will towards growth and consciousness and expansion is just irrepressible, then you lay that sword down 
It's beautiful. Now, I want to go back and correct myself because when Michael started talking about uh, getting up and giving ministry in the middle of a Quaker meeting, I uh, interjected and said testimony. But I want to clarify that because in the Quaker world, testimony and ministry are two very different things. And I, I, I just flubbed up there. Testimony is actually how you live. It's the way of being. It's the Quaker way. And uh, frequently the, the Quaker way of being is sort of summed up by the four pillars. So the testimonies of Quakerism would be simplicity, truth, equality, and peace. Sort of generally stated. So those are the Quaker ways of being that would be the sort of foundation of your life. Ministry, when a Quaker talks about ministry, they're talking about standing up in the silent meeting uh, for worship and following a leading by giving vocal ministry. You basically get up and you speak what's in your heart. Now, a leading, what, what that is, is that of God moving through you. So it's supposed to be sort of a divine inspiration. You're, you're channeling information from on high. You're not supposed to be sitting there kind of thinking about something and turning it over and chewing it over. It's supposed to feel like it's been given to you. It's God speaking through you. Um, now, I belong to a very liberal Quaker meeting, uh, but there are some that are much more conservative. And so they actually will read from a Bible, that sort of thing. But uh, I really was quite touched when Michael just kind of said in passing, there are times I felt I've not lived up to my leading. And I just feel like that sometimes in my life, you know, I thought that was, as always, he just puts things in such a beautiful, tender, poetic way. Thank you so much for being here with me and Michael for listening to the show. And I want to thank my listeners in Puerto Rico and Portugal. Hola. And uh, it's amazing when I look at the stats for the show and I see there are people listening in Denmark. I want to say hi. And also to my listeners in Nepal. Namaste. Thank you for spending time. And if you would please share the show far and wide because you never know who else needs to hear it right now. I also want to say thank you very much to Lauren, who left a review on iTunes Canada. She said, this is real talk about what lies beneath and above with an inclusive lens and an arms wide open relish for the stuff of life. That's what we go for here at the Numinous Podcast. If you'd like to continue exploring the great mystery of life with me, you can go to my website, carmenspaniola.com, C-A-R-M-E-N-S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A. That's where you will also find all of the show notes if you just click the link for the podcast. And of course, you'll also find information about the Numinous School, my online self-paced home study intuition development course. While you're there, sign up for my monthly newsletter. You'll instantly receive a free meditation download and you'll get something free from me every month. That's all for this week, folks. May you be blessed with many little lifts this week and may you live up to your leading. Until next time, take care.